And now, now, it's time for your Low Country Real Estate Market Update. It's the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. Brian is one of the top 1% real estate agents in Charleston. Find him online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Now, broadcasting from the WTMA studios, Here's your host, Brian Beatty. Good morning, Charleston, and welcome to another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I'm your host, Brian Beatty. Gosh, uh, 11 years I've been on this program helping you guys better understand the real estate market uh, from the perspective of somebody that sells a lot of real estate. I've been selling real estate for 19 years, about 1,500 transactions here locally, about a billion dollars worth of real estate represented over that time. So, I share my experiences as somebody that's been in the real estate market for a long time. And and of course, we talk about trends within the market, right? What's happening with prices, inventory, what's happening from a regional perspective, national perspective, and then how does that impact us, folks that live here in Charleston, South Carolina? I also talk a lot about the process. What do you need to know if you're going to buy or sell a home or invest in real estate or sell real estate or have your property managed in today's housing environment? So we're going to talk about a lot today. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about is the fact that apparently this whole real estate mess is uh, it's the baby boomers' fault. In fact, there was a uh, there was an article that came out that said can't find a home to buy. You can blame baby boomers for the housing shortage, and they go on to say that nearly forty percent of baby boomers have lived in the home they currently own for at least twenty years, and another sixteen percent have been in their homes for between 10 and 19 years. So you've got a large segment of the population that is very happy with where they are right now. And so, uh, and, and this is evidenced for, from our perspective by, you know, we talk to a lot of people on a weekly basis. I've got a, a, a mid-sized real estate team. I'm done with having a really big real estate team. There are just too many moving parts and too many personalities and too many people not working. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall a lot of times. Uh, so now we've got a nice condensed kind of lean and mean real estate team, but we still make a lot of phone calls to a lot of people because we're trying to find inventory for the buyers we represent. Um, or, you know, we're trying to find buyers for, of course, the homes that we represent. It goes both ways. Well, a lot of folks that have owned their home for quite a while that are up there in age, they don't have any intention of moving. Uh, now, of course, that's not a, a blanket statement. That's completely true because plenty of folks... Uh, have realized that, hey, we're getting older in age. We're tired of climbing the stairs to go to sleep. Um, it's getting a little too much for us to handle. The yard's too much for us to to handle. We don't feel like spending the money every month to have somebody maintain it for us. So we're going to just kind of condense. We're going to simplify our lifestyle. We're going to sell our, our big home. We're going to move into something a little more manageable for us. Um, and there are plenty of those folks that say, I mean, I'm working with several of them right now. Um, What's interesting, when, when you look at articles like this and when you start to really follow the real estate market, so much of what's out there is designed to get clicks, right? To get subscribers because all of these media outlets now like Facebook or, or like YouTube and TikTok, I mean, they will pay to promote your content if it's relevant. And so you've got all these folks that now want to be social media sensations because they're making, you know, a few of them at least are making a few million bucks a year by just promoting their content. 
in order for that to happen, they have to have really attractive, engaging content, which means that in most instances, they are, uh, they are going for the throat. They are going for uh, extremely polarizing uh, opinions, viewpoints. It's the outspoken minority that seems to get the majority of the attention. And so when you Google what's happening in the real estate world and the housing market, and whether we are basically in good shape or not. And really what you're doing is you're trying to determine whether right now is the right time to move or not. Are you setting yourself up for success or failure, right? And the challenge is there's so much information out there right now that it's challenging to determine who to trust, who to believe. And I understand the irony in that statement as somebody that's had a radio show for the past 11 years here. But what what a lot of people are uh, I guess, engaging with people about is the idea that we're in a real estate bubble and that bubble is about to burst. Well, I don't personally believe that we are facing a housing bubble issue. There's, there's not a bubble, so to speak, that's about to pop. What we're staring down is an entirely different crisis. It's a supply shortage that has all these folks uh, fighting just to break into the market. And the reality is, you know, after the market crashed in 2008, U.S. home builders spent like a decade uh, trying to kind of get back on track, but they were they were handcuffed. They were building homes at about half the rate of what we were used to for the past three decades prior to that. And so that over time led to, of course, a housing shortage, right? A real housing crunch. And so you've got all these different estimates from all these different economists and talking heads on where we're going to end up at the end of this year. You know, everybody's really concerned right now about interest rates. And um, if you follow me on Facebook, you would have uh, heard that uh, we were expecting interest rates to increase when the consumer price index information came out this week. And lo and behold, interest rates went up. We were at six and a half. You can still find some products close to that, but for the most part, we're at like 7% again. Mortgage rates actually went up. And so we're not going to, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program. But the reality is, is that depending upon who you follow and the information you trust, we're somewhere between two and six million homes short of where we need to be right now in, in terms of homes that should have been built. And so this supply constraint has really hit millennials hard, which by the way, if you didn't know, is the largest living generation in the U.S. right now. And, and they're reaching, um, fair, some of them are, are, are reaching fairly close to like their prime earning years, right? A lot of them have done very well. Um, you add to that their desire for, you know, a bigger house with a yard and a picket fence so they can start a family or their family's growing, or let's be honest, they can just afford it. And it starts to kind of make sense as to why real estate prices have shot up. You know, the lack of inventory is really the reason why prices didn't drop, even when mortgage rates shot up. I mean, yeah, of course, buyers pulled back and we've seen that last year was a tough year for a lot of real estate agents. Um, But sellers pulled back even more because they didn't want to leave their interest rate. So for home prices to suddenly crash, you know, there have to be a, a 
pool, a growing pool of desperate sellers that need to offload their homes at a lower price than where they are right now. Or, or of course, even worse, you know, they lose them to the foreclosure process. But one of the metrics that we look at to determine kind of the health, the health of the housing market is the labor market. So it has direct ties to the housing market. You know, we're basically back to pre-COVID levels. I mean, when we start to see a spike in unemployment claims and and quits percentages, right? Like millions of people get fired or, or, or quit their jobs every year. And of course, the quits percentages, we're looking for people that are quitting their job and looking for something that's going to pay them more money. It's a telltale sign of a tightening labor market, right? Which Which can cause folks to sell their homes or of course, uh, on the flip side, it can fuel relocation and a strong labor market uh, has really benefited us here in Charleston because, you know, now that we've got folks that can live anywhere and still keep their job on top of everything else that we have going for us here in Charleston, it it helps to paint the picture of, I guess, why real estate prices are so high. And it's incredible. You know, my wife and I will sit... Uh, like on the couch at times and we'll look at some properties or we'll look at things that get listed for sale or sell kind of around our neighborhood. And, and we are just shocked at the price that some of these homes are listing and selling for. And they're selling in like a day or days. Um, you know, I shared some stats in a previous show about what the active inventory or what, you know, if, if you look at current homes for sale, right? And, and you talk about, and, and you differentiate between the ones that are, new construction or that are proposed new construction and existing homes. The existing homes is, I mean, there's very few of them in relation to the amount of people that want to buy property, which is why we're still seeing multiple offers, which is why prices have still stabilized uh, even with everything else that uh, seems to be doom and gloom with regard to interest rates. So the this whole, I guess, conversation around this bubble bursting is kind of debunked because of the fact that the pandemics and, and then the soaring prices that we experienced have been justified, right? Prices didn't spiral out of control because we, we, we loosened up our lending standards uh, and could give a loan to anybody regardless of whether they had a job, income, credit, uh, assets, right? The, the, the whole ninja era, right? No doc loans. It's not like we're dealing with that. Um, it's not like we built so many homes that we oversupplied the market. It's not like we have so much speculation in our market that um, it's impossible to fail, right? I think people still have plenty of uh, scar tissue from 2008. So it's been a market that you know, people are always looking for the doom and gloom and a lot of people that are kind of in this line of work that have a platform to share information focus on the doom and gloom uh, because that's what gets attention. I'm here to say that I think that prices in Charleston, at least for the short term, are not going down in any drastic way whatsoever. In fact, in most areas, we're seeing them go up a little bit slower than normal. And, and, And by the way, 2020, 2021 is not normal, okay? We can't compare the market of today to the market of two, three years ago when interest rates were at 3% because that was not a normal market. It is not normal 
for a property to appreciate 10, 15, 20% in a single year. If that were the case, then no one would be able to afford a home a few years from now. So in, so once rates you know normalize, housing affordability will just simply return to kind of where we were pre-pandemic. But it's it's going to go from really bad to just kind of bad. It's not really going to fix the issue. Now, I do have some ideas on uh, how we're going to normalize this market over time. And I'm going to share that with you next. Um, and again, it, you know, you guys, have, several of you listen to this program uh, regularly, and I appreciate that. Some of you might be listening for the first time. So I'm just going to invite you guys to go and, and kind of check me out in a few different ways. You can visit my website, listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. You can hear this show on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play. You can watch our videos on YouTube where, you know, as I'm speaking, I'm videoing myself and we put those videos on YouTube. Uh, So if you want to put a face to the voice, then YouTube is the place to be. Or if you just have a specific question, you're thinking of buying, selling, investing in real estate, maybe you have a home that you'd like for us to manage for you, uh, or you're thinking of getting into the business, please give me a call. 843-800-0065 is the number. 843-800-0065. Or remember, listingsincharleston.com. <laughs> I joked that uh, there's this article that came out, I think it was you know, earlier in the week, where basically they're blaming baby boomers for this mess we're in. You know, Why not just sell your house? Gosh, don't you know we have an inventory shortage? What's wrong with you? Uh, of course I kid, but um, I, I do want to talk about you know where I think some of this inventory is going to come from because a lot of agents have their uh, have their backs to the wall. They really just don't understand. I think um, this market, and let's be honest, it's a tough one to try and figure out. Uh, you know, we don't have crystal balls. We don't know what's going to happen. But I think for the select few in our market that really follow the market and 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 the economics attached to it. Um, We've got a pretty good idea of what we think is going to happen. And if you've been listening to this show, you know that every year uh, toward the end of the year, I do a recap of the year and then I do predictions for the following year. And I'm happy to say that if you, and you can test this, if you go back and you look at my predictions, they're pretty spot on, Um, which I I would say is just a a function of the fact that I'm a very well-researched real estate agent. You know, in order to have this radio show for the length of time that I've had, I have to understand and be an expert in this market. And so we have a lot of people calling in right now that are just kind of wondering, I mean, mostly from a timing perspective, what should I do? Is, is it an appropriate thing to start talking about selling my house? We, there is a, a ungodly amount of people that would sell if the situation were, I'd say perfect, but really just right. You know, that everything kind of falls in line, the right property that they want to move into is available. Um, If they're now to kind of a stage in their life where they're on a fixed income, the financials of this have to make good sense. Otherwise they'll just stay where they are because, you know, the the majority of the the population has an incredible interest rate. Do you know that 40% of all homeowners don't have a mortgage? And of those that do, four out of five have a rate under five right now. Almost 80% of people have an interest rate under 5%. And I think it's like, you know, two thirds of people have it under 
four and like 40% of people have it under three or or something like that. I've, I've shared those stats before. I'm just going off memory. But there's an incredible amount of people that would like to move. They just can't make sense out of it financially right now. And as they're kind of sitting back and watching and waiting for the timing to be perfect, they're watching the homes that they could afford last year kind of go out of sight because prices are still going up. Now we've got interest rates that have they've come down a little bit, right? We were over 8% for a little while there toward the end of last year um, in October when it spiked. And then it went down to 65 Now we're at 7 So I get it. I get the plight of the homeowner with a fantastic interest rate that at this point loves their interest rate more than they love their home. And it, it puts them into a challenging position. Now, there are plenty of people out there that can simply afford a higher interest rate. And if we're being honest, a 6% interest rate is not bad. Sure, it's not 3%. It's not 2.5%. But I think we need to put that behind us. I don't think we're getting back to 3% anytime soon. That's a prediction I'm willing to make. Um, but I think there are a lot of people right now that are sitting on the fence that say, hey, once interest rates get to the fives, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull the trigger. I'm going to move. I'm going to make sense out of moving. But I can't leave a you know 2.75 interest rate and jump into a 7% interest rate. It just doesn't make sense. The timing just isn't right and I can wait. Okay, that's fine. I get it. What I think will happen is a lot of people, when they wait for interest rates to get to the fives, it's going to create a surge of new listings. I, I think the floodgates will open. I think we're going to have a ton of new inventory hit the market in relation to the amount of inventory we have now, which has basically been stuck. Like our, our market is kind of gridlocked right now. What we put on the market, we very quickly absorb because of the high demand we have. The question is going to be when interest rates come down to more attractive uh, levels, will the demand just eat up all of that inventory? In other words, are we making like lateral moves? Hey, I'm selling and I'm buying. And there are plenty of people in all price ranges to where even though we're putting new more new listings on the market, we're not really gaining any ground from a supply perspective. And new construction takes a long time to get off the ground and, and get going. And so there's no quick fix there with new construction. They're trying and almost one, uh, almost every other transaction in our market is new construction. But I tell you what the big issue is right now uh, with regard to this, um, this issue we have with low supply. And that is that there are, if you do the math on buying a piece of land, developing it, and then building a home for a first-time home buyer, it just doesn't pencil out. Builders don't make any money on it, right? It's, it's really not that complicated. The math for building housing at the bottom of the market supply just isn't profitable. And so we need to change the math. You know, the most straightforward way to do that would be to provide some sort of incentive or tax relief for builders who build homes for for entry-level buyers um, where they purchase them at or below like the median home price, right? And there's a lot that can be done politically, and it's going to be very interesting to see um, this year 
how they address housing. In my opinion, of course, I'm a little jaded because this is what I do all day, every day uh, for almost two decades. But that has got to be at the top or very close to the top of their list. Um, uh, You know, aside from all the other political issues that we we have right now, um, of which there are many. Um, but I think that they could, you know, like Congress, as an example, could uh, reduce the federal income tax that builders pay on those sales. Um, they could expand the the low income housing tax credit. I mean, there's a bunch of different things that they could do to create more supply for entry level buyers, first time home buyers, uh, or folks that are just in that wage bracket. And when that happens, you know, you've got this kind of trickle up effect in real estate and a trickle down effect in real estate, meaning the more first-time home buyer supply we have and the more we sell, over time, we will create more opportunities for those folks to then move up into more expensive homes. Those folks that are selling that kind of middle-tier home are now moving up into something even more expensive, or maybe they're staying in the same price range, but they're moving to a different location because maybe schools are important to them now. Who knows? A lot of factors there. But the reality is the people that are feeling this market the hardest are the people that um, just aren't making enough to put enough money in their pocket at the end of the day to save up for a down payment and or afford the monthly payment. Because it's not just interest rates that have gotten more expensive locally. It's also insurance. When was the last time you took a look at your insurance bill? If you haven't, use this use this show right now as a reminder to call your insurance agent. Make sure that you've got the proper coverage. I mean, I just did this on a duplex that I own uh, downtown and the replacement cost. Like if, if I had a total loss on that property, if I look at my insurance, uh, if I look at my declarations page and I look at you know all these different factors that go into how much I pay for my insurance, if that house got completely wiped out, and what was on my policy was the payout that I got. I'm here to tell you, there's no way I can come even close to rebuilding that property. So we had to adjust that significantly because it hadn't been adjusted for, gosh, I mean, we've owned that property for 11 years. I'm not sure if it's been adjusted at all. I don't know. And that's, you know, that's my issue. That's my fault. I take responsibility for that. Of course, it'd be nice if the insurance agent you're working with was being proactive. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, they're not the ones that are going to write the check to rebuild the house. It's going to be, um, you know, their insurance company. And with whatever's left, you got to just deal with it. So I know that's a sidebar, but please, if you have not looked at your insurance policy recently, now's the time to do it. Are you properly covered? People always want to go for the lowest premium possible. That's not always the best plan. All right. Now, what else, kind of getting back on track here, what else could could add to the inventory? We've talked about the fact that, you know, hey, if interest rates do come down, I do think you're going to have a lot of people that decide to get back in the market. And that's the majority of the phone calls it seems like we're having right now. It's, I would like to sell. Yes, just not right now. The timing just isn't right. Um, And so that I think is going to be the biggest, um, you know, contributor to new listings I think that if we can get something worked out where um, builders have more incentive to to build lower income housing, you know, entry level housing, I guess would be a more appropriate way of saying that, then I think that's going to fix a lot of things. Um, 
the other the other way of and of course you've got new construction but then what else is there right you've always got people that there are all these words that start with the letter d that contribute to moving and it's like death divorce diamonds degree um there's a bunch of other ones but you get the point there will always be transactions, right? We we kind of proved that at the end of last year when we look at the total number of homes that sold nationally is coming in like right around 4 million and it was down significantly. I mean, down millions of transactions um, compared to 2021 and 2020. So we've got a lot of folks that, and I've mentioned this on this program before, but we had a lot of folks that would have likely moved within the next, say, five years they just sped up that timeline because they were like, well, wait a minute. Interest rates are 3%. You're meaning to tell me that I can sell this house that I've been living in that has grown in value, right? I mean, we've been in our market, we've been appreciating since like 2013. So we've got all this equity. We can sell our house. We can buy something bigger and better and have the same or lower payment. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. That makes a lot of sense. Of course, now it's, well, I'm not sure that makes a lot of sense for me. I think I'm just going to stick it out for a little while longer, wait for this market to kind of level off a little bit. And so um, the other side of it is, you know, maybe there is something that happens uh, in a big way economically that causes folks to need to sell. You know, they lose their job. Um, You know, I talked about uh, the, the job market right now. Uh, on this uh, on this show in this previous segment and it's looking good i mean unemployment is really the the thing to watch and unemployment is low right now so um i think that we have in my opinion a fairly stable market ahead of us this year um i think it's going to be somewhat of a repeat of last year i think it's going to it's going to feel uh slow for real estate agents like me that are used to doing, you know, 100 plus transactions a year and just always, you know, running at 100 miles an hour. Um it's nice at times frankly to slow down a little bit and um and take stock and have a little rest and relaxation. Not to say that we're not working hard and we've been very busy so far this year and in fact a lot of folks that listen to this radio show have um have given us the opportunity to earn their business and we have and we appreciate that. Those of you that are listening uh, that we're currently working with, you know who you are. Uh, so we we really do appreciate that. But I think that you know you can get really wound up in the state of the market and all of these contributing factors that are going to cause folks to have polarizing opinions about it. From where I stand, I see this as being a fairly stable market. I don't see prices dropping in a drastic way anytime soon. Unless there's some sort of event that occurs economically, politically, whatever, that we're just not privy to at the moment. But as it stands right now, I think that we are in line for a few percentage points of appreciation because there's still nothing for sale. It's a very low inventory market, which means, unfortunately for you, buyers, um, it's still tough to find a good deal. I will say, however... That seems to be changing just a little bit as this market um, continues to struggle with interest rates and affordability. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back. We're going to switch gears a little bit. But um, if you guys have questions about the market, if you have a, you know, a, a question about what your home would sell for, or maybe you're one of those folks that are like, hey, if I could find something to move into, I would very seriously consider it. 
I'm just here to tell you we have a long, long, long list of not just buyers, but sellers that would sell if we brought them a good deal and they had somewhere else they could go. And so a lot of what we've done over the past several years is kind of gotten back to playing like the role of middleman, right? Like in all these people that we talk to, this database we have that has over 400,000 people in it. I'm not kidding when I say that. We've gotten really good and intelligent and really techie on how we can connect the dots between this buyer that we just had this conversation with that says, hey, here's what I want to buy. Here's what I'm looking for. And then all the sellers that we have access to that we've either had a conversation with or that we have access to that we can say, all right, well, let's sift through this list. Who has this, that, and the other in these locations and price ranges? And how can we connect the dots? We've done a lot of deals personally within our team uh, without even needing to put it on the MLS. So maybe that's your speed. Maybe you're not really gung-ho about um, putting your home on the market and having a, you know, a massive marketing campaign and have it be this big event, maybe you'd like to do something a little more nonchalantly kind of behind the scenes. So if that's something that you're interested in, let me know and I'll, I'll talk with you a little bit more about the specifics on that. We can set up a time to chat. My number is 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. You can reach out to me uh, through email, brian at brianbeattyteam.com. Or of course you can, uh, Go to listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. I always like to take a little bit of time and just let you guys know that I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure doing it for 11 years now. I will continue to do it for you know as long as WTMA will have me. Um, in fact, you might even be hearing even more of me on WTMA, a little foreshadowing there. But um, just want to say that I appreciate those of you that reach out or, 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 or don't, but just rely on this show for information. Uh, and to help you become prepared for your next inevitable move, whatever that is, wherever that is. Uh, so thank you for that. Now, I want to talk for just a little bit about homes that are listed for sale that end up not selling. I want to talk a little bit about the reasons why. And then I want to talk about what some people I think are going to experience when when they list a home for sale and then it doesn't sell. Um, and first, let me just say this. Over 60%... Pre-COVID, this, I need to preface that, pre-COVID, when the market was somewhat normal, over 60% of the listings we sold were previously listed by other real estate agents. So we have a really good long track record on being hired as like the second agent and rebranding the property using our marketing techniques, our pricing strategies, um, and just our overall approach to sales, which is much different than most. Uh, and we get the property sold and we've got a long list of hundreds of properties we've done that for. So if you're, you know, one of those folks where maybe you tried selling last year and it didn't work out for whatever reason, um, we can usually pinpoint the reasons why it didn't sell. And then it's just up to you to make the decision as to whether you want to make some corrections or, uh, you know, take the leap of faith and hire an agent that's going to be more uh, conducive to you, your situation, and ultimately get the deal done, right? It's like, uh, what I what I tell to a lot of folks is that the best relationship you can have with a real estate agent is a short one, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to be on the market for longer than they need to be. No one wants to show their home to folks that aren't ready, willing, and able to buy. And so, uh, of course, we've really kind of humanized this process of selling because it's such an emotional process. Um, it becomes even more emotional when 
you've tried, you've followed the advice of your agent and the property doesn't sell. And so what's going to happen is, you know, and that doesn't matter whether it's a month, two months, three months, six months, a year, we have listings still that have collectively been on the market for years, plural, and it still hasn't sold. And a lot of these homes, at least, you know, little sneak peek here, but if you try selling your home at the same price for years, even in a market like the one we're in now where properties have been appreciating rapidly and it still doesn't sell, clearly something's going on there, right? More often than not, it's the price because price is a reflection of everything. It's, it's a reflection of condition, location, demand, supply, all of it. Um, and if it's not priced right, more often than not, it's not going to sell. And, and there's a lot that goes into pricing strategy. We've talked about that a lot on this on this show, whether it be, you know, hey, we're going to price it at what it's worth because all these people that are looking online, waiting for new inventory to hit the market, they're pretty educated on what homes are worth. They're pretty educated on what a property will ultimately list and sell for. And so if they've been in tune with that market and they've watched that market like a hawk, like a lot of these buyers have, and they have all this information now that they can use through various websites. Um, if you don't hit the market close to what it's worth, more often than not, you're going to sit, right? And then you're going to have to adjust. And most sellers, let's be honest, they don't want to adjust. They want a buyer to make them an offer because they have you know, kind of baked in room to negotiate. Well, the challenge is, the buyers aren't motivated to negotiate because they don't think you're motivated to sell. So if you price it for what it's worth, then obviously that's when you increase the likelihood of creating a multiple offer situation. But, you know, these folks that, you know, like I'll tell you as an example, there was a guy that uh, invited us over to his house a few years ago and he was right in the middle of renovations, a big renovation. And he said, you know, your, your objective really is to just walk through this house and tell me once this work is done, what I can expect to sell the house for. No problem. Piece of cake. I mean, I flip properties. We work with flippers. Um, we have a bunch of people that call us that either want to do work to their home before they listed for sale um, or they want to know how much it would cost so we can factor that into pricing. But in other words, if, if I can't effectively price a property then you know I, I have no business being a real estate agent. Um, and I'm here to tell you that the, the list price to sales price ratio on our team is better than the market average. So of course, we're, we're good at this, right? We, we understand our markets very well. And hopefully for those of you that are listening, you can uh, believe that when it comes to pricing, when it comes to market knowledge, I'm, I'm your guy. I, I, I know what's going on here. So anyways, guy invites us over, tells us what uh, to do. Hey, what do you think this home will sell for once this project is done? Um, it's about a $150,000 renovation. Even a $150,000 renovation shouldn't take any more than a few months if you've got the right contractors. Well, anyways, we gave him a price. Took him two and a half years to get the job done. Had a bunch of nightmares with contractors uh, taking advantage of him. Um, he was out of the area. Uh, it was just, it was a nightmare for him. Well, anyways, the project finally gets done and then he invites over two other real estate agents and they compare the price that I gave, you know, almost three years ago at this point 
to current pricing and they he goes with one of those agents because my price was way less well obviously you know after after months and months and months of follow-up um you know we we lost touch and he stopped answering the calls and then i guess what two years later he ends up listing it for sale at a price that was much higher than i quoted because the market had appreciated incredibly from when we first met until um he he had some other agents come over to the property and i'm not complaining i'm just giving you some some facts to the story here well anyways he lists it with another agent it doesn't sell he calls me he says hey brian i'm not sure what i was thinking but i want you back over to 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 sell the house now so he's out of area we call uh, each other and we, we chat we meet um but then all these other agents start calling because it's an expired listing and if you've ever been in this position, you know what I'm talking about. As soon as your house comes off the market, prepare to be bombarded by real estate agents. It's just what they do. And a lot of them have been taught that, hey, you know, you don't need to go and spend a bunch of money on your business. Just wait for people that didn't sell and call them. It's free. And so what happens is you get a lot of these new agents that call and some of the things that come out of their mouths are absolutely crazy. So, you know, we end up not working together again because now we've got all these agents that are starving for business, starving for listings, and are willing to say um, what they think the seller wants to hear in order for them to get that listing agreement signed. I mean, we're in a low inventory market. Listings are gold for agents right now. And so regardless if that home sells or not, at least they have something to leverage. At least they have something to market. And even if your home is overpriced, who cares? Because they're going to get buyer leads. Maybe they get another listing lead in that same neighborhood and they sell that person's house. The fact that agents are basically using you is uh, why our industry has the kind of reputation it has. And that's me being very brutally honest because the folks like me that's, uh, hey, look, you call me when you want to sell your house. If you want to just list your house, do it with someone else. We're here to help you with your transaction. We're here to net the most money possible. I don't need to tell you that your home is worth 20% more than it actually is just to get my sign in your front yard, you know, but that's what a lot of agents, that's the position that they're in. And, And so this, this homeowner now starts hearing all of these differing opinions on why his home didn't sell and what they can do for him and how they're different and how they're better and why his home should have sold for more money. His home was on the market for six months at, at the same price. And now we've got people out there saying that he should have listed it for, you know, 20% more. Sorry, you're not that good. <laughs> Let's just be honest. You're not that good. Uh, you, and, 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 you know, some of these agents are saying, Seth's like, well, my listings sell on average for 15% more than other agents. I will eat my hat if you can produce a list of properties that you somehow sold for 15% more than what the market was willing to pay. Some of these stats are just not checked. Our industry is not very well policed. And, uh, and homeowners and, and home buyers uh, feel the brunt of that. 
Uh, and that's what shapes their opinion of our industry. And so it's really, really, what's the point in telling you all this? Point in telling you all this is to be very careful with who you hire and make them prove their stats. Tell them to bring the stats with them. If they think they can sell your home for a certain price, prove it. Show me the data. How are you analyzing and interpreting the data to arrive at that assessment of value? You know, and if you're not fact checking your agents, then you know you you have a part to play in the reason why your home did not sell. So interview agents, make sure they're substantiating their claims. If you're thinking of selling your house, please give me a shot. I'll show you what an interview with a top agent would look like. My number is eight four three eight hundred zero zero six five. That's eight four three eight hundred zero zero six five. Or go to our website listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Of course, you can send me an email, brian at brianbeattyteam.com, or just Google us. You can find us anywhere. Got a little heated in that last segment. Uh, sorry about that. Actually, I'm not sorry because you know what? I'm passionate about this, this profession, and uh, I'm passionate about you getting the best of the best. I want you guys to win in your real estate transaction. Um, and so that's why we do this show is to inform and educate Uh, So if at any point in time you guys have questions for me, you're thinking about buying a home, selling a home, investing in real estate, maybe you have a home you'd like for us to manage for you professionally. My number is 843-800-0065, or listingsincharleston.com is our website, listingsincharleston.com. So with uh, a little bit of time left, uh, I want to talk for just a moment about property management because... You know, we talk about this inventory issue that we have, this this very severe lack of supply uh, in our market and what that's done to prices and to people looking to get into this market. And the reality is there are going to be plenty of people that decide to keep their current home and their current interest rate and use it as a rental property, use it to generate income and then still go and buy their next home. So we own a property management company. We, we have been tasked with working with uh, hedge funds, institutional investors, mom and pop investors. I mean, there was a point in time where we had folks that were trying to acquire $30 million a month worth of real estate. And so we created a property management company by investors, me, I'm an investor, for investors. And so it's a very streamlined um, company. And so what I just wanted to leave you guys with is that if you own rental property, you're either managing it yourself, you want to acquire additional rentals, um, or you're just looking for a change, uh, what we have created is a way for you to maximize your cash flow because there is no fluff in what we do. It is very streamlined. Uh, it is designed to keep the most amount of money possible in your pocket and have your property professionally managed and professionally accounted for. So if you'd like more information on that, uh, we're giving away some great incentives right now on the property management side. Give me a call. We'll talk more about that. 843-800-0065 is my number. 843-800-0065 or listingsincharleston.com. Thanks again, Charleston, for listening to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. You guys enjoy your weekend. 